Welcome back to another edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. I'm your host, Drew Champlin. You can subscribe to the podcast on any podcast platform. Go find us on Apple. Search and subscribe to Champs Corner. Leave us a rating. The more ratings we get, the higher we can move up so more people can see our podcast. You know, if you don't have an Apple iPhone, you can do, you know, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Just search Champs Corner. You know, we got several things to talk about today. It's been about three weeks since we recorded a podcast. Another reminder, if you if you uh, want to donate to our Patreon, go to patreon.com slash markjennings55. The more you donate to our Patreon, the more you can complain about how long or short our podcasts are. Let me bring in my co-host, Mark Jennings. Mark, how you doing? Drew, it is a pleasure to be on your podcast. I am doing fantastic. Uh, we're in the midst of football season, college football, most importantly, high school football. Got some big-time recruits I've been following this year. I'm looking forward to uh, that season continuing and seeing where they go and during the recruiting process. And, Drew, I am doing fantastic. It's, it's my favorite part of the year. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing great, Mark, and, and I didn't have a chance to go to a high school game this past weekend. I was actually watching our local soccer team play. It's going to be a couple of weeks before – I move on to another high school game, and I know I'll see you at some later this year. But really, let's – you know, Alabama hasn't had any commitments lately, hasn't lost any commitments lately since we recorded a podcast. You know, even Coach Oates' basketball team should be getting some recruits in soon. But what everybody really wants to know is how did the Dippin' Dots venture do after Alabama's first home game? As you remember, it was – I believe it was a 3 p.m. kickoff and some blazing hot temperatures. Drew, I am. I appreciate you asking me that. And let me just tell you, Drew, I've been I have been so blessed in my my business ventures, uh, in terms of the profits I've been able to earn from Dippin' Dots and the wealth I've been able to accumulate. Uh, I was just so blessed for the game uh, last week. That'd be nine days ago. Uh, that it was so hot, and you know people were suffering, and and people were you know almost almost you know, passing out from heat exhaustion, heat stroke. I was so blessed that, that happened. And uh, because of the heat, uh, people were coming in and buying all the dipping dots. And it was, it was the most profitable day we've ever had, Drew, and I'm so excited about it. We had huge profits in that game. Uh, you know, it wasn't the biggest crowd. They announced a lot of people and all those people showed up. But it, pretty much everybody that was there uh, bought some of the dipping dots. So uh, I'm excited about that. I've already talked to Mr. Byrne. I was able to successfully convince him to – Make the uh, excuse me. Make the Southern Miss game at 11 a.m. I'm hoping that the Ole Miss game the week after that is also at 11 a.m. Uh, so that's where we are right now. Uh, I'm just so blessed. If the Ole Miss game is later at night, what we're going to do is to add more alcohol to the flavors, and uh, that'll be a little special treat for the guests. But that that's a long way away, Drew. We're focused on this week coming up, Southern Miss at 11 a.m. And we're again we're praying. And if you guys are, are praying, people. Uh, Please pray for a really just unconscionable heat uh, so I can accumulate more wealth and, and really benefit my family, Drew. Yeah, it, imagine it was pretty hot there. Um, and you tweeted out the, the featured alcohol flavor of the day. How was the secret menu? I mean, how, how, what, you know, how much of your sales you know, came from the alcohol-infused Dippin' Dots? Because I'm sure you had those prices marked up a lot higher than just the regular ones. We did, Drew. I can't give out uh, exact sales. Let me say it was a huge hit among the college students. 
the 18, 19-year-old college students love the alcoholic Dippin' Dots. Uh, they're huge fans of Secret Menu. So uh, we're going to keep that going. So if you guys come up and ask the Dippin' Dots, ask for the Secret Menu, uh, we're more than happy to accommodate you. Uh, the, the featured flavor last week was the Armando. You know, I tweeted that out. It was the Caramel and Captain Morgan rum. Uh, next week, the featured flavor, uh, next week for the Southern Miss game, 11 a.m., is going to be the Span. It's going to be a snowflake theme. It's a snowflake theme, uh, Dippin' Dots flavor, named after Jane Span. It'll be some coconut dots with Tanqueray gin. It's really delicious. Throw we try it out. You know, we have our, uh, we have our focus groups made up of 18-year-old college students who taste it and make sure it's perfect. And we're going to sell that. Hopefully we sell out as soon as we can Saturday. Um, it, yeah, it's so strong, Drew. You're going to drink it. You're going to say things that are completely wrong. Uh, but you're not going to worry about it because you're going to be drunk and there aren't going to be any, any repercussions. So we call it the span, Drew. And I'm so excited about this flavor. And I'm excited about being able to serve the fans of the University of Alabama coming up at the game this Saturday. Yeah, I would imagine that so many people who follow James Spann on Twitter, but it's a, if it's snowflake themed, why, why would it, why would James Spann have a snowflake themed uh, Dippin' Dot flavor? Well, he, uh, Mr. Spann, I've known for a long time, but he's very sensitive about his weather models. He doesn't appreciate the fact that uh, my weather models are are more accurate, more precise than his, and and he doesn't handle that very well. So uh, we named this special snowflake theme uh dip and dots flavor after him he doesn't do criticism very well i think we all remember from snowmageddon a few years ago when he uh uh yeah well let's just say that he wasn't exactly correct in his prediction he caused a lot of problems throughout the state of alabama so uh we're, we're i'm just gonna say we're excited about selling a lot of uh span flavor dip and dots this saturday all right outstanding and there's been a lot of complaints on social media mostly and even alabama and mr Byrne sent out a statement that said, you know, they're, they're trying to get away from the SEC and the TV scheduling these September non-conference games, especially so early in the day and in the middle of the day, all the 90-plus degree temperature. I'm sure, I'm sure Saturday will be another boiling one. Uh, what do you have to say to that, Mark? Because it seems like the 11 a.m. kickoff, you know, despite what Athletics Director Greg Byrne says in a statement to the liberal media, you know, obviously it would benefit you, but it – may not benefit the people who are on Twitter complaining. Well, you know, Mr. Burns is going to say what he needs to say. Uh, I, I'm not going to get into too much specifics about it, but let me just say that as a, I am a big-time contributor to the athletics department, not directly, but through the profits I make off my dipping Dots, and he realizes that. He realizes how crucial I am to the success of the University of Alabama Athletics Program. And so he's not going to go out and say to you all that uh, – um, you know, there's no possible way that he get out. He hates the fact that it's 11 a.m. The fact is, uh, I, I basically give him a lot of money, and, and uh, I've successfully convinced him to have this guy all the September games at 11 a.m. I mean, it's not a coincidence, right? I mean, we have all these September games at 11 a.m. It's not a coincidence as soon as I start my Dippin' Dots uh, franchises that we start getting – uh, September early, early more than 11 a.m. September games in the heat, uh, where people can barely uh, keep standing and breathe. That's not a coincidence, Drew. So I appreciate Mr. Byrne uh, for going out and, and and doing what's best for me and my company. But uh, he's going to do what's best for him, and he's going to tell people that he hates having games at 11 a.m. 
Yeah, I understand that as well. But, you know, it's all about the bottom line and how much money that you and the university can bring in because they're also spending money on their waters and their, you know, drinks and stuff like that. Their soft drinks, you know, their hot dogs, hamburgers. Speaking of Dippin' Dots, I know your business manager last year, Caden, he uh, apparently he's back in town. What's what's Caden up to? Well, you know, Caden uh, joined the, the armed forces, the Army, Navy, Marine, something, Coast Guard. They're all pretty much the same thing. So he joined one of those. But he did something that he shouldn't have done uh, that was inappropriate or he was accused of doing something inappropriate. And uh, basically he got what we call, quote, unquote, me too. Whether that happened or not, I don't know. I wasn't there. But I was able to make some calls. And uh, through my connections, I was able to get him honorably discharged so he could avoid a court-martial. But excuse me drew i'm sorry uh but now he's back in town he's actually managing a waffle house he's actually met the love of his life uh a, a, a cute little girl uh her name's caden too ironically and she's pregnant now so uh caden and, and caden are working out at a waffle house uh caden the male as we recall he has two a's k-a-y uh she his girlfriend only had one a he's k-a-y-d-e-n uh, but they're pregnant, and they're about to expect a child. I'm so happy for them, Drew, and uh, I, I'm so excited for him that, that he's got his life going. And and I, I appreciate the fact that whatever success he had in life, or he has in life uh, going forward, uh, that really has to do with him starting for me uh, and learning in my business. So I'm happy for him, Drew, and he's back in town. So uh, as soon as you guys go visit your local Waffle House and support uh, my good friend Caden. Yeah, because uh, we get questions about Caden a lot, so I, I'm glad we're able to update on his whereabouts. And so he's not with the Marines or the Army or whatever anymore. Let's talk a little bit about the game. We'll talk about Will Reichard, and we'll talk about Najee Harris and the O-line. Will Reichard, the big-time kicker out of Hoover, if you watch him kick the ball, and I was had a chance to see him in high school a few times as a punter and as a place kicker, and the ball just booms off of his leg. I would say better than anyone I've ever seen in person at the high school level. Good-sized kid as far as kickers go. You know, he's not some 5'8", 150-pounder. He can really just kick the crap out of the ball. Hasn't always been going straight, though, on the field goals and the extra points. He hit two off the uprights against Duke. He missed another one, pulled it left against South Carolina. And he missed an extra point at South Carolina. So, Mark, I know you've seen that. Maybe you watched him before he kicked those balls against Duke and South Carolina and knew they were going to be good before they even left his foot. What can you say about his start to the season and why is he maybe not making all the kicks that, you know, uh, we, we think he should be making? Well, what we have to realize about Will Reichert is he's got – he's from Hoover. And so he grew up a uh, pretty dangerous place. He's got a lot of demons in his head. And, you know, you can't just snap your fingers and, and forget that you grew up in Hoover. He had to overcome a lot of adversity to get to where he is. But he, now, uh, being a starting football player for the University of Alabama, but mentally and emotionally, he's not fully overcome the fact of what he had to go through in Hoover to get to where he is now. And he, when he goes up and lines up for those kicks, he's got a lot of demons in his head. He's got voices screaming at him. And he, I, I'm not totally sure he's ready yet. It'd be difficult for any 19-year-old who's been when he's gone through to handle that. Now, I just don't think he's ready for it. So my suggestion is always that, you know, uh, as most successfuls do, you need to start uh, engaging and participating in some illicit activity, whether it be uh, narcotics, 
or, or whatever or whatever it needs to be. I, I personally suggest narcotics that he needs to get engaged in that a little bit, but uh, that's my suggestion to him. Um, he needs to start engaging in you know some some light, uh, probably some cannabis before the game uh, to get his mind right and get him ready to go. I really think if he does that, he's going to be one of the best kickers in the country. So I'm very excited for him. He's got a lot of potential. But if he just starts doing a little bit of light narcotics before the game, I think he's going to be an All-American kicker, Drew. Yeah, that'll help him get all the Hoover stuff out of his mind, right? Yeah, those demons in your head, Drew, they don't just go away. You have to find some way to block them out of your mind. That's one of the benefits of some light drug use. Yeah, and so these schools, they they randomly test the student-athletes. You know, as we know, Alabama had three players suspended – for six games prior to last season's college football playoffs, another Deontay Brown should be returning after one more game. How can uh, – you know, what, what if he gets drug tested if he does what you're suggesting? Drew, it, it's not a – Drew, Alabama has lots of players that fail drug tests, but let's just, let's just say that, that the, it, what turns out when they fail the drug test is not those players that took the drug test, if that's what, if that's what you mean, uh, if you can understand what I'm saying. Uh, I've helped a lot of players who have quote unquote failed drug tests, uh, basically get unfailed their tests. That's that's something I've been doing for really decades, uh, and so that's not going to be a, a significant problem here if he uh, what we, what you say quote unquote fails a drug test. Oh, okay, I got you. Well, that uh, you know maybe that's something that should be considered if Will Riker wants to start hitting it through the uprights again. So that's a that's an interesting you know deal there hey our guy Najee Harris you know the one who didn't go to Michigan he had a pretty big game against South Carolina you know he only had seven carries for 36 yards Alabama didn't really get the run game established had a couple of touchdown receptions though five catches for 87 yards the first one was on a nice wheel route from Tua Tungvaluwa down the right sideline but the second one was really impressive he called a short pass I believe it was on a third and long and then pretty much he Bounced off one tackle, and he hurled another guy, and he broke another tackle at the last second, and, and then he gets into the end zone for the touchdown, his second of the day, and that put Alabama up 24-10 to 10 in the first half. And then he did the nice pose that, uh, you know, that Megan Rapino, the U.S. women's soccer star, did in the World Cup. And uh, I was wondering, Mark, what you thought about that and what you thought about Najee's game. Drew, I thought Najee had a fantastic game. Uh, you know, that was a fantastic highlight that he had. What I'm concerned about going forward for the University of Alabama running game is is the what Najee Harris can do when he runs the ball between the tackles. I, I, I you know, it's great that he made the number one Sports Center highlight, and all the people that watch Sports Center got real excited about it. But I'm wondering what he could do on third and two, third and three against LSU or Auburn. But to be honest, we really can't judge those things until uh, next week or the week after next, excuse me, when, when Deontay Brown comes back. Uh, right now you're playing with basically a makeshift offensive line. You have Chris Owens playing center. When Deontay Brown comes back, he's going to play right guard. And Diggers is currently playing right guard. He's going to play center. You're going to have a whole new offensive line. So I'm looking forward to see what Alabama really does in the Ole Miss game, running the ball. And they're going to be able to tell a lot about uh, what Alabama's going to do going forward throughout the season. As for the pose that he did after the game, I'm so excited uh, that that he was able to, to do that and make that progressive statement in the year 2019. Megan Rapino was uh, really one of my heroes, and I'm so excited for him that he was able to honor her in that way. And and uh, 
it, it, it's just a fantastic deal and good for him and good for her. And, and hopefully she saw it. Uh, I'm good friends with Jill Kelly. I haven't talked with her yet about whether Megan Rapinoe saw it or not, but I'm so excited for, for Najee and Megan and he was able to honor her in that way. So good for him and good for her and really good for the United States of America that in the year 2019, we can be able to make those types of statements. Yeah. I know some of our most, uh, you know, dedicated listeners really enjoyed that, the pose. So hopefully we'll get a chance to see it again and, and another game this year. Hey, Mark, uh, you mentioned on your Twitter account on Saturday, you know, I woke up on Saturday thinking ESPN and the ABC channels were going to get blocked, blacked out on DirecTV or the AT&T. I have DirecTV, and I was watching it at 7.57 a.m. It was fine. And then college game day comes on, and then I watch a little bit of the Mississippi State-Kansas game. So it looks like there is no uh, – you know, they haven't dropped ESPN or anything like that. But you tweeted the negotiations were still ongoing. What uh, What's going on there, Mark? Well, I can't, I can't make the audience privy to all the, the details of the conversation. I can say that we are making progress, and, and I am happy for my listeners uh, that I was able to broker an extension for ESPN uh, to just continue on DirecTV at least for a little bit more. We're gonna hope, we hope to have a deal done by this weekend. I can't make any promises, but if not, I'm going to do as best I can again for the listeners to make sure that uh, they'll be able to watch their favorite team games. Uh, over the weekend so it's a tough it's a business Drew and and there's both sides and you got jobs on the line and uh lots of people decide to complain why can't I see my team we got people you know working men and women who provide their families their jobs are on the line if we don't get this done so uh we're trying we're gonna try to get it fixed and get it ready to go by this weekend and uh I'm very hopeful uh about the prospects of a of a deal getting made yeah and the Alabama Southern Miss game is going to be either on ESPN or ESPN2 all I know is I'm thankful that I'm a listener of the podcast and that I didn't get my service disrupted. Uh, Mark, I heard one of your close friends passed away over the weekend. Is that right? Uh, that's correct, Drew. Uh, my good friend, uh, Mr. Pickens, T-Boom Pickens, passed away. I've known him for a while. and uh, uh, The last real conversation, really, uh, conversation of substance I had with him was when I sought advice when it came to purchasing a share of the Birmingham Iron, I wasn't sure if owning a football team was something I was ready to do. But uh, he talked me into it. And frankly, buying a share of the Birmingham Iron, becoming the architect of that football team, was probably been the best thing that's ever happened to me. So uh, I've always been appreciative of his friendship. Uh, I'm blessed enough that in his will, he left me a substantial amount of money. Uh, so I might have some future, some, some, some things in the oven, as they say. Uh, so I have some future opportunities in mind. Uh, but we'll, we'll get there when we get there. But for now, uh, I, miss, I miss my good friend, Mr. Pickens, and uh, I hope he's uh, looking down from heaven and blessing this podcast as we speak. I hope so too, Mark. We, uh, and so now it's time to move on to some questions. Um, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter or through email? Well, Drew, you know, we get the best questions in the world on this podcast thanks to our – I believe we have millions of listeners now. Uh, I'm so excited about how many listeners we have. We get the best questions. If you want to email me, uh, my email address is markbreaksdownfilm at AOL.com. That's one word, markbreaksdownfilm at AOL.com. Or you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at markjennings55. To be real honest with you, the best way to contact me is probably via Twitter. 
Uh, I don't check my email as often as I check my Twitter. So if you have a question, feel free to tweet at me, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. But thank you, guys. You guys had the best question in the world, and we certainly had the best listeners in the world. All right. We hear from Big Bammer, and Big Bammer tweets at Mark Jennings 55 right before we take questions. Good job, Big Bammer, getting that in. He asks, have you ever had trouble with employees price gouging? A lady asked $5 for a very small cup of Dippin' Dots. No, we actually encourage price gouging as part of the Dippin' Dots company. Yeah, Everybody complains about price gouging. But if if I say this cup of Dippin' Dots costs $100, right, mm-hmm. you're going to be mad at me. But if you pay me $100 for my Dippin' Dots, what does that say? That you're going to keep paying it the next time, too. It, it, yeah. It, no, what it says is if you pay me $100 for Dippin' Dots, that you are willing to pay $100 for the Dippin' Dots. If, if you weren't willing to pay $100 for the Dippin' Dots that I was selling you, what would you do, Drew? Uh, I wouldn't pay it. You wouldn't pay it. So if, if I charge a price that's too high – and you don't purchase it, then that's my fault. But if I charge a, 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 a price of $100 for Dippin' Dots and you purchase the Dippin' Dots, then we're both better off. How are we both better off when I sell you Dippin' Dots for $100? Well, clearly, I'm willing to sell you the Dippin' Dots for $100. That makes me better off. And secondly, you're willing to purchase the Dippin' Dots for $100. And that makes you better off. How do I know it makes you better off? Because if it didn't, you wouldn't have bought the Dippin' Dots in the first place. I, I, I think that the, the price system is the most effective way to allocate resources in our economy. I know we have these people who are out there right now who are socialists, uh, and they believe in, in really uh, in, in an economic system that has resulted in the deaths of millions, tens of millions of people. And that's fine. They could do that. Uh, if they want to, but I'm going to be on the right side of history and I'm going to believe in capitalism. And if I sell you a dip of dots for a hundred dollars and you buy it, I know that makes us both better off. So I actually encourage price gouging and I think we should do more of it, Drew. I agree. I really, the only thing I can get from this is that big Bammer must not have uh, purchased an alcohol infused dip and dots. Cause those are worth well more than $5, aren't they? That, that, those really are worth more. Frankly, we should sell our alcohol-infused Dippin' Dots for $100 a piece. We don't because we don't think that's the profit maximizing price. We want everyone, as, as many people as possible, to experience our Dippin' Dots. But, uh, yeah, I think if, if you're paying $5 for, for Dippin' Dots, make sure they got the alcohol in them. I'm to tell you. All right, yeah. Remember that next time, Big Bammer, especially when you're suffering through the – the heat on Saturday morning when Alabama's playing Southern Miss. And hopefully when they're playing Ole Misses too, you know, I think they're going to announce around noon Monday the, the times for that game. So God, God willing, it'll be over 100 degrees for both those games. Yeah, hopefully, you know, September Alabama weather, there's a good chance. We, I hope there's a lot of suffering in the stands is what I'm trying to say. I got you. Well, and then they'll move it to their, your carts. Uh, Jason Robinson at Jason Robinson 12 says, Mark asks, Mark, I know you have been telling the Alabama coaching staff about the poor run blocking for weeks. Do you see it getting better? Yeah, I mean, this is what I said in the podcast. I mean, Deontay Brown's going to come back. Digger's going to move from right guard to center. Deontay Brown's going to slide in the right guard spot. And I think that uh, the run game's going to get a lot better. How much better? That's what we're going to have to see. 
Uh, is it going to be good enough for them to win the national championship? Good. I don't know. They're going to have about eight weeks to figure that out. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how they progressed. Uh, right now, wouldn't be too concerned. If we're in week eight or nine, and we're going to that bye week between Tennessee and LSU, and we still don't know how good the, the run blocking is, then that's going to be time, time to worry. All right. We hear from TD at TD4455544. Mark, I recently went on a motorhome trip with my in-laws, and it got me thinking. Given the miles you've spent on the road scouting high school prospects, obviously riding with an Uber or riding in your van back in the day, which of the truck stops is your favorite? He throws out a couple like Love's Pilot, Flying J, but maybe you have another one. Maybe, maybe it's one of those three. Thanks for everything you do. Well, my personal favorite is Bucky's. You don't see a lot of them. Uh, they just opened their first location outside Texas in Robertsdale, Alabama. But Bucky's is my favorite spot. Uh, they, they, uh, it's, it really is a, the world class four star resort type of place for a truck stop. So Bucky's, but you only really see them in Texas. Uh, they're mostly in Houston. You got a few in Dallas. Uh, but if you could ever find yourself at a Bucky's, you know you're you're really in high cotton up there in, in a Bucky's. Uh, you know, I just I, I talked about Caden earlier in the podcast. Caden is a big fan of the Flying J. Uh, his wife, his girlfriend, wife slash wife, Caden, uh, that he met. He met her. She was a lot lizard, and he fell in love with her at the Flying J. And now they're together and about to get married, and she's pregnant. So, Caden uh, uh, would tell you that he's a big fan of the Flying J. But my, for for my money, uh, my my favorite truck stop is the Bucky's. All right. We hear from Miles Espy at Espy Miles, and he has two questions. I'll, I'll ask him separately. First off, Mark, did you allow Marcus to take a break from his usual healthy diet so he could try the Armando? No, Marcus is not. No, Marcus. Marcus does not get breaks. I'm training Marcus to be a, a world class professional athlete. He does not have to get. He does not get quote unquote breaks from his diet. He has a. We have nutritionists for him. Uh, perfectly designing his diet, so uh, he does not. He no, he does not take breaks from that. We spend a lot of money on his his diet, turning him to a world class athlete. So no, he does not get any breaks from that. Okay, and then he also asks about a tweet that you uh, that you saw, and and the tweet was so vulgar. I'm not even going to give the media member you know the benefit of the doubt by saying his name. I'll leave that up to you. But he asks, uh, you tweeted that Marcus saw it. Is he scarred from the vulgar-filled twit that he saw? Well, I know exactly the twit that you're talking about, Drew. It's the same person that uh, that knocked on my sources at the Alabama practice, football practice and, and got them evicted from their apartment. And, you know, those type of people, Drew, if you're the type of person that goes on Twitter and fills Twitter with vulgarity and, and goes off and, and, and gets people evicted from their apartment complex, you know, you're just a sadist. Uh, and, and frankly, you're a, you're a net cost to society, and you are really just not worthwhile of being uh, uh, of, of being a member of society. Frankly, they should take your voting rights away. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Mike, Michael Casagrande, Drew. He's really just a disgusting human being, and, and frankly, uh, I and, you know I wish that he would. I'll be praying for him uh, as soon as I get done praying for overwhelming heat at our game this Saturday. I'm praying for Michael. Casa Grande and hope that he turns his life around. But where he's going, I'm concerned about him. I'm concerned about him emotionally. I'm concerned about him spiritually. 
I, I just don't think that where he's going and the path that he's on is really good for him. And, and hopefully he can turn it around and, and stop looking, stop being so selfish and thinking about himself and really filling Twitter with vulgarity and really start thinking about others, Drew. And that's really what I'm hoping for, uh, for Mr. Casa Grande. I hope, really hope he turns his life around. I agree as well. Uh, We'll move on because we don't need we don't need that negativity in our podcast. We hear from Paul T. Graham. We really don't, Drew. <laughs> I agree. Um, we hear from Paul T. Graham, and I, as everybody knows, you're a you're a Heisman Trophy voter. You tweeted out your ballot last year, and, um, and so Paul asks Mark, "It's not too early to think about your Heisman Trophy vote with Mackenzie Milton out this season. Who do you currently have at the top of your ballot? Thanks for being the best in the business." Well, that's a great question, Paul. And I, I spend a lot of time every week thinking about my Heisman vote. I take it very seriously. You know, you have a lot of people who have Heisman votes who, who don't really care either way. Uh, I take my vote very seriously. So, uh, I got to say, without a doubt, number one to me is, is very clearly, I think it's probably clear to the rest of the country, the best player in America is Joe Burrow. Uh, I think that's pretty obvious in the way he's played going on the road to a place like Texas, playing a team with a tough, tough defense, putting up 45 points on the road. He's the best player in the country. Number two uh, is probably Trevor Lawrence. Number two for me, going on the road at Syracuse. You know, you, you, you look at all the uh, tough road games so far that people have played, you're not going to find a tougher road game going in and winning, uh, except for Joe Burrow. Uh, it's Trevor Lawrence going into Syracuse and winning that game, so good for him. And thirdly, you just look at the stats and, and the numbers he's put up so far. Number three is that doubt Jalen Hurts. And uh, so my top three right now are Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts just the pure statistics he has put up. Uh, those are without a doubt to me, and I think that's pretty clear. I don't think I'm saying anything controversial here. I think if you talk to most uh, real college football fans in the country. They're going to have Joe Burrow, number one, Trevor Lawrence, number two, and Jalen Hurts, number three. So uh, that's where I am right now, but it's a long season, Drew. We're only really, what, three weeks into the season. Uh, and so we got a long way to go in the season, now, and I'm looking forward to how it plays out. Yeah, what about Tua Tungvaluwa? You know, he finished second last year in the Heisman Trophy voting. He's off to a pretty good start. Well, I can't really look at him or take his candidacy seriously until he plays someone. He plays a good team, and unfortunately for Alabama, it's not coming to November December. Good all the other teams. You know, Joe Burrows played a great defense in Texas. Trevor Lawrence played a great defense in Syracuse. Jalen Hurts played a great defense in, in UCLA. So, uh, I can look at those three and really don't have a problem putting them at the top of the Heisman list. But Tua needs to play uh, a really strong team until I can really feel comfortable uh, really even considering him for the Heisman Trophy. All right. And our last question comes from Blake. It's Blake underscore Raspberry, R-A-S-B-U-R-Y. He says, Mark, were you the social media expert hired to advise Antonio Brown on his effort to be released from the Raiders? Thanks for all you do. Well, you know, I, I tweeted about this during the draft of how I consulted with Mike Mayock and, and, and gave him advice and really helped him prepare. And so I did not feel comfortable. I was approached by the people of Mr. Brown, his team, uh, to help him. But I had to turn that down because of my relationship with Mr. Mayock. That's not fair to him. And that wouldn't be fair to Mr. Brown either for me to play both sides of that coin. So uh, I was not involved with any uh, of Mr. Brown's actions of the past week, and it had nothing to do with that. So it's unfortunate. I had pecuniary interest in other areas that I could not uh, fully engage in Mr. Brown. 
Uh, I believe from what I understand, it worked out very well for him, and he's very excited. So uh, good for him. Uh, but, no, I did not have anything to do with Mr. Brown's exit from the Raiders. All right. Well, that's a good question to end this week's edition of the Champs Corner podcast on. And, you know, we'll just move on to the next week. Hopefully next week or two we'll be back. Hopefully Alabama will have some new commitments, have a, another couple of games to talk about. Mark Jennings, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Drew, as always, coming on your podcast is my best part of the week. I love it so much, Drew. I, 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 you know, I love it so much. I quit breaking down film, take a little break to come on your podcast, and I'm so excited about it, Drew. And I hope we get to do this again real soon. All right, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on all platforms. And until next time, we will talk to you guys later. 